welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Welcome, Toastmasters, to the final, and Paul normally says the most important part of the talk show for talkers, but I think he's just using that particular phrase to amuse Myra or else to lull her into a false sense of insecurity. But this is the final part of this week's offering of the talk show for talkers, and we're going to give you the mercurial, motivating Moira O'Brien, and she's going to continue with the topic that she started last week, how to ruin your speech. More ways to ruin your speech, I think is what I decided to call it today, Ted. Okay, so we're going back on the list of 20 mistakes from Craig Valentine. Mistakes that everybody, including Craig, he says, he's done that as well. We'll pick up another five or six of these mistakes from his list. And we'll go right to the top. Mistake number two. They take too long to get to their stories. Every speech should have a story. Why do we say that? Because stories connect us with the audience. When we tell a story, the audience can put themselves into the story. They can imagine themselves in the story that you're telling them. And that gets a good connection then with the audience. So it's a good thing to do. Why do we want to get to the stories quickly? Well, we don't want to bore our audience. We want to draw our audience in. So the quicker you get to your story, the more likely you are to be able to keep your audience with you. Mistake number three on the list. They took too long to get to the conflict in their story. Ah, what's conflict, folks? Conflict is the key to good storytelling. If you've listened to any of these podcasts before, you will have uh, come across the hero's journey. Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail here uh, because we don't have enough time in this podcast, but the hero's journey is a simple format which is used by almost every blockbuster out of Hollywood, as well as most, if not all, good stories and good storytelling. You have a hero. Your hero has a problem. The problem gets worse. He gets to rock bottom. Then along comes somebody, a mentor, who can help this person overcome his problem. And things get better. And then maybe they get a little bit worse before they get better again. And in the end, the hero succeeds and achieves his target. So that's the hero's journey in 10 seconds. In order to have that journey, there has to be conflict. And unfortunately, there's something about human nature that we love to hear people having problems. Maybe it's because the problems are not happening to us, they're happening to somebody else. So we can project our fears and our anxieties and our insecurities onto a fictional character that somebody's talking to us about. But whatever it is, if we don't have conflict within the story, the story does not become so interesting to the audience. So don't take too much time to get to the conflict in your story. Bring the conflict in the, the early part. Introduce your character and go into conflict. And then you can spend the rest of your story with the conflict resolution. The next one is really following on from that. You establish the conflict, but you don't elevate it. When we said in this hero's journey that he has this conflict, and then 
he gets to rock bottom. But to get to rock bottom, you start with the conflict and you make the conflict worse and worse until you get to rock bottom. If you don't escalate that conflict, again, it becomes less of a compelling story because there is less to come out of and less to achieve, to overcome. A last one on this particular stream, there is no emotional change in the story's main character. Now, if the main character doesn't change, then really the story doesn't change. Your story is about the main character and what the main character goes through when he's going into his conflict, when he's reaching rock bottom, when he's coming out of his conflict and he's beginning to succeed. And if your character doesn't change emotionally, then you're losing a lot of the power of the storytelling. Because storytelling is all about change. We'll move on now from, from that and we'll go to, let's see, mistake number nine. They don't use a mix of anchors. Now, what do we mean by anchors? We mean stories, analogies, activities, acronyms, audiovisuals, rhetorical devices, anything that keeps the energy going in your speech. You want to keep the energy high. You want to help the audience remember your points. So you want to bring in different things just to keep the momentum of your speech going. Can I just jump in there, Moira? Absolutely. Please? Jump in. Please do. All, all the uh, points that you've just been making about uh, not getting to the story in time or not enough conflict or uh, not, you know, the conflict actually, you know, not accelerating or escalating. All of these things are, you know, people can understand not only in speeches and in stories, but they can watch any kind of Hollywood movie. You look and see, but because they have to, in the movie, keep people's attention have the highs and lows so that uh, there is conflict, there's a hero, there's uh, a lesson to be learned, there's bot uh, the bottoms to be, you know, rocks to be bottomed out, all sorts of things to happen. And then there's a change, there's a redemption, there's a change in attitude or a change in opinion uh, or a restoration of relations with one's family or friends or, you know, spouses and so on. And then comes that comes towards the end and if anybody sometimes struggles with the written word or with uh, writing things themselves have a look at some movies and take a take a look at how they actually structure it because they have to keep people's attentions they have to have the highs and lows every few minutes you're absolutely right nick as i said earlier on in this segment you can look at any hollywood movie and they follow that same structure it's almost immutable. Let's change that slightly. Not just any Hollywood movie, but all the successful movies follow that same structure. All we're doing is replicating that to a degree in the way that we give our speeches. We still, we want to do exactly the same thing. We want to inspire. We want to give information. We want to educate. Whatever the subject, the reason for your speech, you can use all these same techniques to achieve the end purpose. Let's move on to number 11. They don't give looks before, during 
and after delivering their lines. And this is, comes back to body language, but specifically facial language in this respect. If I was to say to you with a dead straight face, this is very funny, I'm, I'm really, really amused, and you look at me and I've got a deadpan face, what's that going to do to you? You're going to say, well, she's not amused. Her face does not reflect what she's saying. But if before I say that, I break into a big smile because my, I'm thinking about that funny thing that I'm going to talk about. And then I talk about this funny thing. And then I react to the audience because the audience then hopefully is going to laugh at whatever this funny thing is. There could be three changes of expression throughout that. There's a smile at the beginning, then maybe not quite such of a smile as Antonius, and then you get to the laughing stage and you start laughing. <laughs> it could be something very sad. And you start it with a smile. Do you get the point? Facial expressions can be very powerful. And if you do the looks, like, okay, I'm going to speak to Nick. I look at Nick when I speak to him. I don't look at the sky or the floor or scan the audience. I look directly at Nick. But maybe then I'm going to talk about something, move on to something that's going to affect everybody so I can look at everybody. And maybe I can end it with something that is sad and I can look sad. Use your face and use your facial expressions. Ted, do you have any thoughts? I love the point that Nick came in on there because he emphasised what you had already said. Just watch any of the movies. What came to mind actually when Nick was making his point, I was thinking of all those fantastic James Bond pictures. <laughs> he always gets the girl in the end anyway, and he always has his martini. Yes. Indeed. You know, which Indeed. I thought was excellent. Indeed. And it really emphasised your point even better than you were making it. Not that you weren't making the point, but Nick came in there at an excellent time just to make sure everybody else got it. Yes, but when, he, when, when Nick made that point, it emphasised the, the lesson you were giving us. Good. Thanks for that, Ted. And with that, we'll bring this week's shows to a close. Glad you were here. Glad you were able to listen. Look forward to seeing you again the same time on Friday next week. And for now, we'll say goodbye from Ted, from Nick, from myself. And thanks to Nick for being a great guest. And from Paul. Bye for now. The Talk Show for Talkers is published every week in sections at 4pm every Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Go to our website irishtalkers.com for more information.